0: If you have your Bibles this morning, invite you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter one. Is a. wonderful season, so thankful for uh, God's blessings and uh, thankful for uh, each of you and Merry Christmas and I hope you'll have a great, um, this wonderful and restful time. Sometimes Christmas isn't very restful, is it? And I hope you're, you'll just have a, a, a great time. Uh, this morning I want to talk to you about a journey uh, to peace. And you know, we've been talking and taking this Advent journey this month. And uh, that little star of Bethlehem that only has uh, really an honorable mention, and it's in Matthew's gospel in this chapter that we're going to read this morning. The only time that star is mentioned, but a mighty important star, isn't it? Um, and thing uh, that that star shines brightly still uh, today, and helps and, but not in the sky, but within each of us. Uh, because that uh, star of Bethlehem, uh, as it gave light, the Holy Spirit that lives inside the children of God, uh, help us and guide us along. Remember, that's the scripture says that's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to to lead us and direct us, to teach us the things of God and to call up to our mind and, uh, to remember uh, the Lord's teachings. Uh, and so... Uh, We've we've talked about uh, already the hope and uh, love and joy uh, and this morning we we're talking about peace. These four themes of Advent. Advent you remember means awaiting, um, and so uh, the, we're, the it's a season of preparing for uh, the Lord's coming, and uh, that's what Christmas is. And tomorrow morning. Uh, on Christmas morning, we celebrate the birth of Christ. And yes, I know, Jesus was not born on December 25th, uh, you know, but that's the calendar date, and, and that we can celebrate it that day. Uh, and that's what Christmas is all about. And so though most of you probably, if not all of you, will gather with family or friends uh, tomorrow and probably eat some ham or some turkey or... Um, Something, you'll share a meal, and maybe there'll be a present or two, and um, maybe something in your stocking, maybe coal, probably for most of you. Uh, And so, uh, but all those things are good. But we need to remember that Christmas is not about us. And in fact, it's not even about little children. Christmas is about Jesus. Jesus. But when we remember that, when we reflect on that, my goodness, doesn't it give us these four things that we've talked about? Don't we find in Jesus hope? And I tell you, without Jesus in your life, we wouldn't have much hope. But praise God, because He is King of kings and Lord of lords, there is hope for our lost and dying Love and for God to so love the world that He gave His only Son. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we talked about that sermon you know, you don't give presents to people you don't like. You give presents because you love someone uh, and you want to let them know that you care for them. Joy. I tell you that joy really comes from knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And peace. I tell you, Isaiah 9, 6, remember, one of those, as Isaiah lists those names, the Messiah would be called the last one, and perhaps the most important one, Prince of Peace. Because you see, the only way peace can come is not by accords, it's not by shaking hands, it's not by us agreeing that we're going to get along with one another. The only source and the only way to find true peace is to find it in God. To find it through a relationship with Jesus Christ, because He Himself is peace. And so when we know Jesus despite whatever else might be going on in our world and in our life, we can have peace knowing that Jesus Christ is still Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and there's nothing that can change that. And there's peace in knowing that that King of Kings and Lord of Lords is looking after me and you and all the rest of his children. That none of us are beyond God's hand. While we do have difficulties, just imagine how, if God is holding back His hand, so He's he, He's protecting us and looking out for us. Just imagine the difficulties you you would have without the Lord's love and His His restraint and His grace and mercy. And my goodness, do we ever find peace in the Christmas story? And that's where we want to turn our attention this morning. Matthew chapter one, beginning in verse eighteen, it says, "Now the birth of Jesus Christ." was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. When Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You maybe have already opened up some presents. Maybe some of you will have different... Uh, Christmas, some, several Christmas gatherings and, and Christmas parties. But the greatest gift that any of us can ever hope to find is the gift that was given 2,000 years ago on Christmas morning, the gift of Jesus. You see, when we have people probably ask you and said, what do you want for Christmas? And, you know, when you're little, you write a little letter to Santa Claus, um, even as you are older, make a Christmas list, right? some of the, the things that, that you want. And it, by the way, just think about how interesting it is that over the years, the things that are on your Christmas list change. Growing up, I don't remember it being hard to come up with a Christmas list. But now as I get older... It's kind of hard because not really anything I I need or or want. I'm I'm blessed I have most everything that I could ever even want or use. We think that, you know, we realize that, you know, it's not the things that are important, but maybe family and, and our health and loved ones being around us. Those are things that really are gifts that matter. Toys and the other thing, you know, break. And, you know, kids will get up in the morning, play with their toys for about 10 minutes. They'll be bored, they'll set it aside. And you know, this world is looking for peace. I don't think there's very many folks, if you ask them, do you want peace? They'd say no. Everybody wants peace. You remember the cliche answer for beauty content. when they, you know, what do you desire for the world? What's the answer always? World peace. And I tell you that the only way peace will come to this world is when Jesus comes back. Because some things about peace that I want to talk about. The first is this: that peace is not found in things. But peace is found in a person. And a particular person, not just people. Because you see, we think that, man, if I just had the perfect spouse, if my wife would do this better, or my husband would get his act together and do this, my, then there'd be peace. Or if I had more money in my bank account, I wouldn't be so stressed out and I'd have peace. Or if my boss understood all the things that I had going on in my life and was kinder, I'd have peace. But really, the only person that can bring any of us peace is Jesus. The Prince of Peace. You see, things cannot bring you peace. Other people cannot bring you peace. Even yourself can't bring you peace but Jesus can. And when Jesus brings peace into your life, you know what happens? That peace spreads around and it begins to affect other people, doesn't it? Expecting a child's a, a nerve-wracking thing. Lots of preparations that have to be done. You know, cribs that have to be made. Joseph Carpenter, I'm sure he made Jesus' own baby crib. Imagine the stress of making a crib for the Savior of the world. The stress of knowing that, hey, this baby is supposed to save the world, so you better and God's trusting you not to screw him up and break him or you know. What stress that must be. Joseph was one pondering what he was going to do with Mary. And remember the message of the angel. angel, the, the message that we've heard several times in this Christmas. Remember, the first thing the angel said, don't be afraid. You see... Finding peace in God is not the absence of problems, but the presence of the Almighty. And so when the Almighty is present within us and with us, and remember that there's nothing that comes into our life that He can't handle. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Remember, Jesus asked the question, He said, which one of you, by worrying... Could add one cubit to your stature, narrow one. But Jesus came to bring peace. you see, the greatest peace and the greatest need that any of us have is not more money and not people, not things. our most deepest need. And the thing that we need more than anything else is to have God in our life and to have a relationship with Him. But because of sin, and not just sin in general, by the way, not just that curse, but your sin and my sin, keep us from that relationship. And yet God, just as He did with Adam and Eve, made a way and was working to restore a relationship that sin broke. And so our most basic need is to have peace with God. And the way we do that is by knowing the Prince of Peace and by Him knowing us. And so it's interesting to me that with all the stress that Joseph had, the angel came and said, hey, listen, don't be afraid. To take Mary as your wife. It really is a baby from the Lord that's growing inside of her. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. You catch verse 25 says that when the time came for Jesus to be named, he probably said, Hey, Joseph, what's this little tyke's name? Most dads probably would have said Joey Jr. Why, that's little Joey. No. They called his name Jesus. Because he is the one that came to pay my sin debt and your sin debt and the sin dead of all the world, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so the second thing that I want to see from Joseph's story this morning is that peace is found by obedience. You see, Joseph was worried. He was frazzled. And yet, when he heard from the Lord, the Lord's message to him was, Don't be afraid told him what to do, and he did it. And guess what? He found peace. In our Christmas pageants that we, you know, think of and sometimes have at church, Joseph is often portrayed in Mary going about, worrying, you know, from hotel to hotel, looking for a place to stay. Joseph, I don't think, was frazzled. He trusted he knew the Lord was going to take care of him. But I can guarantee you assuredly that Joseph's plan for the the birthing suite of his boy was not a cattle trough. It's not a, a barn, if you will. Not where you want to have your kid, is it? No, Joseph didn't probably plan to have his it, but you know what? That's exactly what God had in mind. Wednesday nights we're going through the Experiencing God study, and we'll wrap it up um, in the new year. But you know, as we've gone through that study, we've seen over and over again, haven't we, about different scriptures, different people in the Bible, the testimony of different individuals, how that when you obey God, God shows up and God works and God accomplishes great things. Because Joseph was obedient and didn't divorce Mary, didn't put her away, took care of her and got her to Bethlehem. Because by the way, you remember, if you paid attention in Sunday school this morning, if you were here, and I encourage you to come if you don't have a Sunday school class, come next week. Find one. You remember that the scriptures, centuries before Jesus would come, in Micah chapter 6, verse 2. For you, Bethlehem of Ephraim, though you are little. God had said exactly where the Savior would come, the city of David. Talked about in Sunday school this morning, You know, some people will say it's coincidence it was God orchestrating his plans. Only God can do that. The federal government mandated that Joseph leave his city of Nazareth, where he lived, where you would expect a mother, you know, pregnant right lady. You know, we were to ask Alyssa, doctors probably told her, don't leave home, stay in Columbus when you get to a certain point, because the baby might come. And you don't want to be far away from home when the baby comes. And yet, Joseph and Mary trusted the Lord they obeyed. They found themselves in Bethlehem without hotel reservations. And they found themselves in a livestock stable, and yet, even in that livestock stable, as Jesus was born, and they wrapped that baby in swaddling cloth, and they ooed and awed over him, they had peace, and despite they weren't in the Hilton, they weren't in the medical center. There's probably not a doctor around. And yet they had peace because they obeyed the Lord. The most peaceful place for the child of God is in the place of obedience. When you're exactly where God wants you to be, there's, just, there's no feeling like it. It's hard to explain. But there's just perfect peace knowing that you're doing exactly what God's wanted you to do. And you're exactly where God wants you to be. It doesn't mean that things are always easy. And in fact, there's a truth that if you're following God and you're doing His will, things are going to be hard sometimes. And there's going to be trials and there are going to be times you feel like just throwing in the towel and giving up. And yet, even in those times, there's peace in knowing that you're where God wants you to be. And then finally, I want to remind us that peace is found when we proclaim. Joseph proclaimed Jesus' name to be Jesus. You remember the shepherds in Luke's gospel that we read last Sunday. They were out in the fields tending their flocks by night. They went, they saw the baby, found him wrapped in swan clothes, just like they said. And you remember what they did? They praised God. They went out and they spread the word. What a wonderful time at Christmas to share the message of Christ with the world that desperately needs to hear it. you see, we have governments in our own communities and in our own nation and around the world that are toiling and arguing, trying to find enough money to throw at various problems to solve them. But money very rarely solves any problems. In fact, it creates more than it solves. But the peace that we're looking for and the peace that we so long for doesn't come from a store. It doesn't come from things. It doesn't even come from it. comes only from God. And God has given us that great gift, and that's what we celebrate on Christmas. Can I tell you, children of God, church, that we should not be ashamed to tell people Merry Christmas that we should not be ashamed to proclaim the message and to share the Christmas story. I have some customers at Kohl's who are Jewish. I know they're Jewish, so that when I saw them the other week, I told them, Happy Hanukkah. They didn't get upset because I told them, Happy Hanukkah. They says shalom and something else in Hebrew that I didn't quite understand. I assume it was a blessing of some sort. And you know what they said afterwards? They said, and Merry Christmas to you. This world, though so many in this world will deny their need for God, and they try to do everything they can to kick God out of their world, The thing they need most is that thing that they're trying the hardest to get rid of. And so what a a wonderful time of year this is. To proclaim that, hey, listen, all the gifts, there's a reason we celebrate Christmas. There's, You know, it's, it's interesting to me, even the atheists take Christmas off work and don't mind getting paid for that holiday off work. It's not just about a holiday, just about Christmas parties and presents. And, although parties and presents and trees and lights are, I think, fine and good as long as they're. We remember that that's not what the season is about. The season is about Christmas. It's about Jesus, not about Santa Claus or reindeer, snowmen. Jesus. And when we find that we find that's the greatest gift we've ever been given. And it's a gift that's worth bragging about. And so brag on Jesus tomorrow and this week. But not just tomorrow. But my prayer is that we, because we have the peace of the Lord in our heart, we have the joy of the Lord in our heart, that we'll carry that all year long. So even when we get to the dog days of summer, when we get to June and July and August, when it's hotter than blazes and we're all grumpy because it's so hot, that why there'll still be joy. There'll still be hope and there'll still be love. There'll still be peace because even when it's hot enough to cook cookies on the sidewalk and fry an egg on the sidewalk, Jesus is still Lord. And He's still King. Let's pray together. Lord, we love You. Thank You for Your goodness. Lord, we thank You for the great gift that You gave 2,000 years ago as You gave Your Son, that whosoever would call on Him would not perish but have everlasting. Lord, I pray if there's someone here today that hasn't received and unwrapped and applied that gift to their life, that they would be the day that they would do that. Maybe they've seen that gift, after, maybe they've hovered around it for years and years, but they've never really opened it, and they've never made it their own. Might today be the day that they receive that great gift. But Lord, the great majority of us here today do know you as Lord and Savior. We've received that great gift. But, Lord, so often, like so many gifts that we receive over the years, we forget about the gift of Jesus. And it becomes secondary. Would you help us to correct that, Lord? Would you help us to keep that gift? Would you help Jesus to be the center of our life every day, but especially tomorrow as we celebrate his birth? Lord, would you help us to boldly proclaim the message that, Jesus has come, that he brings goodwill and peace to all the world. That anyone can receive this great gift. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's stand together.